Live from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, it's Essie Gurus. Rainmaker. What is a rainmaker? Webster's defines a rainmaker as a person whose influence can initiate progress or ensure success. Essie Guru's Rainmaker comes to you each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bringing you some of the biggest rainmakers on the World Wide Web. Our guests will include major search engine executives, payment processors, advertising executives, and an array of sales and marketing pros. We invite you to join your host, Darren Pappen, also known as Essie Guru, and his beautiful co-host, Brandy. Essie Guru is the foremost authority on search engine optimization and has taught at conferences worldwide. Brandy is an expert in business development, public relations, and sales and marketing. Together, they bring you Rainmaker, a true crossover platform for mainstream and high-competition webmasters alike. Log into the chat, kick back, and get ready to open yourself up to a new generation of Webmaster Radio. It's Essie Guru and Brandy, and you're listening to Rainmaker. Well, hello everybody. My name is Darren Babin of WebmasterRadio.fm, and it is Thursday, November the 15th, and you are listening to Rainmaker. And can I tell you, it's been far too long since I've said that. <laughs> it's true. And you know what the craziest thing is? I think this is the first time in history that you have not produced, uh, our produced own your own show. I know. I know. I know. Brasco's at the board right Bra- now. Brasco's at the board. Um, you know, for those of you who might not know, I've, I've, I was in the hospital for 12 days. Oh, you brought that up. I did. Um, it, it was, uh, it was a bit of a, an experience, but uh, I, I'm back <laughs> he, he learned the term, I refuse your care. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can I tell you guys, sometimes you just, you got to know when to say no to the doctors. And uh, I, I learned, I learned the hard way. And I, I will tell you, I, once I started denying care, I started getting better. Absolutely. And uh, I, I got to tell you, that was just a very, very strange experience for me. And I'm, I'm sure you guys will... We'll hear uh, a little of this as, as uh, you know, the next week or two looms on. You know, I, I've had a few people wondering, what the hell was wrong with you, man? Yeah. Um, so but, he picked uh, up a bad virus. Thank God he yep. didn't give it to me. It's yep. not selfish of me. But I will I will say um, that Darren is 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 a, a hardy man, but now he's half of a hardy man. Well, can I tell <laughs> you, my clothes aren't fitting that well anymore. It's, you know, it's amazing the weight you'll lose when you just lie in the bed for 22 hours a day for 12 days. Yeah, I think you gave <laughs> some of that to me. I'm very jealous of him. It was a great kickstart to a diet, if nothing else. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, here we are. We're, we're, uh, we're mid-November. We um, are. Close uh, to Turkey Day. We are very close. A nice to fattening day. day. Right, right around the corner. <laughs> Fatten you back up. Uh, <laughs> gonna try. Um, but you know, Darren was actually going to not be here this evening with our guest until he found out who our guest was. That's right. And then he said, "Oh shit, I'm coming in. <laughs> but I'm coming in." Damn I just it. swore. I never swear on this uh-huh. show. Anyway, so without further ado, I just want to say, call me crazy, but the the guests that we have in my mind. And oh God! Well, he goes back to the beginning. Yeah, well, he does. He does go back to the beginning, and and I hate overly giving him adulations, but (laughs) um, especially to his face. But he needs them. If you guys could see the look on her face, (laughs) holding my head. Um, 
he is a true pioneer and a true rainmaker. Uh, this man ha- created something that absolutely never existed in this space, uh, created technology that never existed, stayed ahead of the curve, sold his company for a whopping $28 million plus, decided to get out of the industry altogether where he had uh, grown his company, grown his fan base, and uh, grown a lot of allegiance that still obviously uh, is here today and go into a completely different industry because he's all about um, America the Beautiful. I don't know how he did it. He's altruistic. Amazing. He's had brain cancer, heart attacks, pain in the neck, friends like me. (laughs) Um, I'm going to call him the bionic man times four. Welcome, David McGinnis. How are you, David? I'm good. <laughs> hey, Darren, that's why, that's why they call what doctors do a practice is because of practices. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure, my friend. <laughs> he felt like it was voodoo medicine. They stuck him with so many needles. It was ridiculous. I had to take the pictures off of Flickr because nothing, it was grossly like ready. 12 days with an IV hanging out of your arm. Uh, yeah, well, you know, of course, that long, you know, they, they waffle them from arm to arm. It's just a horrible experience. Right. No one should ever have to go through it. No, very in- inconsistent care. But let's not, let's not, because he's here. He's alive. I'm here. I'm alive. And we have little you. <laughs> he has a little if you. Thought, if you thought Darren was fish belly white before. <laughs> uh, but for those of you that do not know, whom you all should know, David Bingettis, um started PR Web and grew it into the monolith uh, organization that it is today. Um, so, David, let's talk a little bit about, like, some a little bit about your background, where you've been outside of, uh, you know, two thousand talking on online with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we we did build up PR Web, and and I sold that back in uh, two thousand six, about a, a little over a year ago, August of two thousand six. Mm-hmm. And um, took it to where I, I wanted to take it, and and somebody wanted it more than I did, and and they were able to to pick up the torch and, and run with it, and so I felt like it was a good time to exit, and uh, so I did, and um, gave my employees you know some of the proceeds of the of the sale, and and moved from Ferndale, beautiful Ferndale, Washington, to the high desert of. Utah. Utah somewhere. <laughs> wow. He's in a bunker near you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't start out with the plan of moving to Utah. I just I started a company here and I thought, you know, there was a direct flight flight from Bellingham to Salt Lake and I thought, you know, I could do this flight once a month and, and check in on things and kind of be like a remote executive. And um once my investment got to like the six million dollar figure, I said, you know, I better move closer to my yeah, so, Right. No, I hear you. But let's talk. I mean, really, for those of you... So that's how I ended up in Springville, but I I plan on moving back to um, to Ferndale someday. Someday? Like, someday as in, like, the the near future? When I I retire in three to five years. Good for you. Okay, so let's talk about, like, you've had a plan, man, um, which I think is so amazing. And along the way, you know, you've you've hit some... um, you know, it's so hard for me to interview you, David, because like I know you really well, and the things that really stick out the most about you know you to me is, you know, before even PR Web grew up, like during nine eleven, for example, when PR Web was doing very well, but absolutely wasn't on the scene as it as it you know it is when you sold it, you were you gave what for three months you gave the proceeds of your company to nine eleven victims, right? right uh, to the Red Cross actually, and I. 
honestly, I, I'd probably pick a different charity next time because um, they've probably spent more remarketing to me than, than I was able to contribute. And I, I find that slightly offensive, right? Wow. So, so, so if, I, if you contribute a dollar, they should not take that dollar and ask you for more money. Mm. And, and I just I felt like that was that was a skew. So I'd probably choose a different charity next time. But yeah, we we did that for a while, and because um, I felt like it was the right thing to do. Well, your heart was in the right place. Yeah, which, yeah. which I think is terrific. But but I I I thought you know honestly I thought hey the bottom's going to drop out of my business anyway because you know who's going to be putting out news competing with. 9-11 and Iraq and Osama bin Laden and how is any company going <laughs> to compete with that and it was after you know a little while that I noticed hey this is business actually started to pick up because no matter what's going on in the world people still need to sell stuff absolutely right and, and, they, and they <laughs> I mean <laughs> there's a whole economy that's that stays here on shore that needs that needs to thrive and, and be successful and and so we um we were able to to pull through, you know the, the actually the, the dot com crash and then nine eleven and and uh, succeed and I you know it was probably two thousand one two thousand two where I felt like I really had a a solid handle on the business model and was able to to make a real company out of something that I started back in nineteen ninety seven. See, and that's exciting. So you're saying it took about <coughs> four or five years until you got true lift and some some market share right see I, I started the company as a I mean PR web started as a company that was hey I, I need a bunch of content and I'm gonna search engine optimize that content and drive page views and if I get a million page views that'll be forty thousand dollars a month on on a eyeball impression basis of you know forty dollars CPM back then and and hey you know that would be a great life <laughs> right. Well, they, by by the time I got the the site put together in August of 1997, the CPM rate it just started to tumble, and it was like now it was two dollars and sixteen cents against you know against what I was planning on forty dollars CPM. Mm-hmm. And it was just that never worked out. And so what I did is I I took all the advertising in about 2000. I took all the advertising off the site, and I said, you own the page. You know, you put up a press release on PR Web. That's your page. You own it. There's not going to be any conflicting messaging. Um, the links on that page belong to you, and they go back to your site. We're going to SEO optimize the page. And, you know, if you think it's a a service worth using, then please contribute something, anything. Mm-hmm. And and that's how it took off. Yeah, so his business, for those of you, it was a, it was a donation-based. <coughs> yeah, it was kind of like a, a shareware model if you... Or a contribution where if you find it useful, send us something, and and if not, we'll just go ahead and use it. And now, David, did that ever worry you? The the shareware about model the contribution. Yeah. No, I. I mean, I didn't have much to lose when I when I implemented it, <laughs> and and it actually worked to my benefit because I knew I knew as it, it took the pressure off of me in a way because I knew people were contributing what they felt the value of the service was, and so. I, it just cleared my mind to, to, to say, hey, you know what? I don't have to worry about giving them more because they're paying what they think the service is worth. Right, which right? helps now to give Now, eventually, you. I, was able to add, I was able to add new features and stuff like that and, 
and drive that contribution because you know you want to drive the value of the service up for people. Mm-hmm. But it really it really took the the pressure off early on to actually have to perform beyond a certain level. If if I would have said, hey, it's a hundred bucks or eighty dollars right out of the gate, then I would have felt a lot more stress as far as delivering an eighty dollar service. Mm-hmm. And so it allowed me to it allowed me to build up the service at the same time that users were contributing. And it was a, was a really good model for that. And it was also a good model for, hey, somebody didn't like, the, you know, had regret, remorse about sending me 10 bucks. I'd send it back because in my mind it was a contribution, right? It wasn't, it wasn't you know, a refund. anything tied to cost. Right. It wasn't a refund. It wasn't anything tied to cost of goods sold. It was, they sent me 10 bucks in good faith, I'll send it back. And so it was really easy to deal with emotionally. And oh. so it just it was a really good way for me to build the business. And <clears throat> it wasn't until... Till Later on, it, that that we started to cross over because we added so many features and benefits that to separate things out, we had to create different contribution levels. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the P, kind of like the PBS model. Hey, for forty dollars you get this, for right. one hundred twenty dollars you get that. Which is great. And and so also it became more of a, a a paid for service, but but it wasn't until maybe septem- this time last year that we actually did away with the free the free press release uh, option. Right, which is exciting because I was really hesi- I was really hesitant to do that, but it was probably a good a good decision on Vocus's part to to do away with that part of the service because it freed up the the development staff and resources to to actually implement a lot of other cool features that I I wish I could claim responsibility for, but I can't. Oh, claim it! But I think the coolest <laughs> part for you was too. I'm going to tell you know I'm not going to say it out loud, but anyway. Um, Brandy will governor herself. Um, but I think the neat part is for like any marketers listening, it's a cool way also to take a litmus test of what the market will bear in regard to cost. And if you see people yeah. consistently saying, you know, yeah, I use that service, and you know what, like I want to continue using that service because they know who I am now. I'm going to contribute $80. I'm going to contribute $50. And if you see a consistency there, then you also know that you've got a little bit of margin to even push it higher. And and now you've got a model, which is strong. And it, and, it, and it works in any industry that's a service industry. I mean, it doesn't work if you're actually manufacturing a product because you have, you have a, a, cost. a certain amount of cost mm-hmm. of, you know, hard mm-hmm. costs associated mm-hmm. with that product. But but um, early on, it was just, it worked really well for us because it was just, we were dealing in, in payroll and electrons, and that's about it. So, Right. No, I hear you. So let's do this, David. I want to um, we, well, I'm gonna take a quick break. When we get back from the break, I want to talk about, like, you know, really the strength and fortitude that you had because you've gone through a lot personally, and I think a lot of people may have um, not as been as strong as you. So talk about, like, how you were able to merge some of, like, your, your personal issues with your business issues to forge that fabulous path going forward and then we're going to talk about the new venture you're involved with today indeed folks stay with us and uh for those of you listening in the states tonight want to remind you be responsible voters tonight at eight o'clock is the democratic national debates so if uh if you're interested in that that'll be happening tonight at eight o'clock on cnn folks stay with us eastern standard eastern standard time stay with us folks we'll be right back Sit tight and don't move. Rainmaker. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, this is 
and Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart, had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted Fast Click, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with Value Click Media. I've got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. Howdy, boys, and you girls, too. I'm here to talk to you about Milnick Media, the best CPA network, period. They sure know how to deliver, and I know something about deliverance. Now, you want to get paid? Damn right you do. We'll make sure you get your money. Milnick Media's got support people who know their ass from their elbow. Need a new jet ski? How about one of them new fangled plasma TVs? Well, Cousin Jeremy here will hook you up with our performance rewards program. Email submits, zip submits, ringtones, hell, we got them all. Yeehaw! Hey there, it's Cousin Jeremy. Get on over to M-I-L-L-N-I-C-Media.com and we'll have you so happy you'll be squealing like a pig. SDS Chicago. Part of the show called Meet the Cold. The Windy City, Chicago Hilton. Turn your search traffic into gold. Let's go! SDS Chicago is coming to the Windy City December 3rd through 6th from the Chicago Hilton. Join thousands of your friends and colleagues at one of the biggest conferences of the year. Check out panels and keynote presentations that are sure to kickstart your cash flow for the new year. WebmasterRadio.fm's coverage of SES Chicago begins December 3rd from the official radio station of SES. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Get clicked, covered, and ringed on. All week long on WebmasterRadio.fm. Your destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Now back to Rainmaker, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Well, I want to welcome everybody back tonight for this Thursday, November the 15th edition of Rainmaker. And of course, I am very, very proud to be back into the studios, joining my lovely wife, Brandy. And of course, our fantastic guest tonight, David McGinnis. How are you, David? Very good. Very good. So, <laughs> so, 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 so I, I mean, the enthusiasm. I don't know. Howard Dean, David McGinnis. What do you think? <laughs> you know, just uh, so. Uh, so, I got. I got to throw this out there really quick. Mitt Romney fan. Yeah, I'm. I'm supporting Mitt, but for a different reason, and and um, because I, I think it's it's good for 
he's bringing bringing some uh, issues to 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 the forefront that need to be talked about, but. But I have not made a decision on who I'm ultimately going to support yet. Gotcha. But Mitt, I tell you, I tell you who, I, who I'd vote for in a heartbeat if, if he had, if he had a chance at winning. I, I'd probably if um, Bill Richardson were running on the as for president. I mean, I know he's in the primary, but if if he could come out as the leader, I'd, I'd probably be the first time in my life I'd vote for a Democrat as president. Wow. I really like really like Bill Richardson, and and I think he could do a good job, but. He probably won't make it past the Obama Clinton noise, yeah, <coughs> which, well, is a, which is a shame. <laughs> well, a lot of noise there, you know. I, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of time on my back watching this noise, and it's just like you know, watching a, you know, the the post for for a bunch of cats to scratch on, and it's just been funny right. to watch, you know. So I think, I think I think a Bill Richardson and um, um, a Bill Richardson ticket would be very very viable. Interesting. So, Interesting. Good for you. Good Especially for you. if he was running, if he was running with Lieberman, Richardson Lieberman. Oh, oh god! And yet I love Lieberman for other reasons than you know are obvious. But, <laughs> but that would be my dr- that would be my my yeah. dream ticket from the Democratic Party. Yeah. I just found it interesting because you know here here's this guy Mitt Romney who comes from out of nowhere and he's spending eighty five thousand dollars a day in ads. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just you know it's just astronomical um, you know and, and of course um, you know he he's a Mormon so that's going right. to stir you know all sorts of interesting and, and that, that's kind of one of the things that I've that I that I I support him for is because he has he has brought you know the fact that he he is Mormon to the forefront and and it's kind of helping dispel a lot of the myths around Mormonism and I am an LDS Mormon so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right which means he anything, won't be anything that anything that can happen to dispel some of the mythology around Mormonism I'm sure I'm for that and he's doing a good job at you know he doesn't wear it on his sleeve he's very sincere about it you know and and uh, it's getting it's helping people to be able to talk more openly about it yeah but uh, my big question is where where will he put all of his wives (laughs) 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 wow who gets to be first lady are they Uh, rotating i'm just kidding (laughs) that was rough uh i I, you know i just found it interesting because the osmonds were on larry king last night (coughs) talking about it and and of course you know big big romney supporters so i I thought i'd throw that one out there and i'm just kidding (laughs) When I, I don't want like all this backlash. It was a funny thing to say oh in the moment. God. One of my dearest friends, like David McGinnis, is a Mormon and he only has four wives. <laughs> I think I don't think it'll be hard for you know. Just kidding. Uh, just a joke, folks. Just kidding. Just David does not have wives. That's a whole you know. No, all, no harem. Yeah, I'm not. He doesn't have. Any, well, maybe he does. I got, I got I got the one, and I'm okay with the one I got. There yeah. you go. She and she's lovely. I've met her. We're gonna have to like scrap half this radio show for Brandy. <laughs> being politically incorrect but uh, you know it's all good so i mean so I can, talking about being you know this show is really a lot of this show is meant to um is brasco passing me a note no brandy don't be so politically you like when no, i'm politically incorrect. Like promo okay. material oh promo oh yeah no not promo material <laughs> anyway um <laughs> boo very boo um let me get back on track here okay um you know what a, a big part of what this show is meant to do is to take people whom we believe to be iconic people which I'm, I'm putting you on that iconic status and you know you don't have the opportunity I always say never be jealous of anyone because you don't know what happens when they go home and close their door and you don't know what, see, what they see when they look in the mirror in the morning and you you've had fortitude from a professional standpoint of just you know knowing what you want being a fabulous technologist really surrounding yourself with some terrific people um, and, and, and doing some tremendous things 
But on the flip side, you know, my God, you've had, you know, you had brain cancer or brain tumor, I should say. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you, you recently just had yeah. two heart attacks. Yep. Right. Like these aren't, you know, this is David. One second you see him at a trade show and the next second you don't. And then he's like, oh, well, you know, I had these pains. So I went to the emergency room. What? Y- you know, <laughs> and he does. He laughs at well, let me, it. Let me, let me, t- let me tell you when I, I, what happened with the heart attack is I went to China. And I, the only thing I can trace it back to is the fact that I ate camel. But it was on the menu and I had to do it, right? And so I got a virus. I got sick in China, and I came back, and then I got went from the whatever I had in China, which is undiagnosed to this date, to strep throat to another virus, and then and then all those things got together and attacked my heart. And so it's myelopericarditis or whatever it is. It's basically a fancy word saying you had a heart attack caused by a virus. My God! And I had two. I had two. I had two within a day. <clears throat> so. My God. It, but um, but let me tell you, it's pretty freaky. I mean, there, there's people out there listening that have been through the same thing. It's a pretty freaky experience. I, I can't even begin to imagine. I mean, how do you stay? I mean, because I've been with you, so to speak, you know, um, as you've gone through some of like, um, you know, obviously you pick up a virus, you pick up a virus, um, right. w- which is pretty hideous. But some of these things have, have had some long-term effect with you. And you have never, like a lot of people may have just said, you know what, I can't handle this personally. I, you know, I'm throwing in the towel or or taking their eye off the ball and then allowed things to crumble around them. How have you had the strength and the fortitude well, to move forward? Here's and, and this is not just in business. It's part of my whole life is the, the idea of stewardship, right? Where where you're blessed, you're expected to give back. And, and so I, I view it as... Um, or where much is given, much is expected, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's kind of, hey, you know, I, I had PR Web, I was blessed with that experience and and benefited from that. Now now I'm expected to go on and do something else and, and continue to, to bless other people and do do things because they're right, not because they're necessarily profitable or, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I I don't. I'm not discounting the profit motive at all. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> but I, I I believe you can do things that are profitable and right at the same time, and and that's kind of what I'm striving to do. Right. You know. Good for. I mean. I think that's that's so terrific. And I think that also goes back to, you know, what you were saying from you know when you when you were doing you know predominantly like the donation based model for PR mm-hmm. Web, that you were taking the emphasis off of you know how much money people were giving you, you were just providing the best services. And in turn, by providing right. the best services, people were, people, you, you, were, you were monetizing your company and yourself. And I think that's a beautiful, and it takes the pressure off of you. I think that's a beautiful way of saying, you know, to give without the expectation of getting back. And I know what you, you said from the scripture was about giving back to God. I'm talking about with each other, not God at the moment. Well, no, not, not, not even just, yeah, whatever, whatever you're blessed with in life, you know, you know, um, Learn, earn, and return. You know, Rock just on. just just give back to society, give back to God, give back to your business, family, you know, yep. and, and your your employees, whatever you can. Yep, what you give out is what you get back. Right. I agree with you a hundred percent. Great motto. So, anyway, I'm on a I'm on a mission right now to rescue U.S. based manufacturing, 
and rescue jobs. And I'm not doing it as a politician. I'm doing it as a businessman. And I, I think you know, business created the problem. Business should fix the problem. Good for you. So, so let's first of all, let's talk about the na- what's the name of your new company? Tangible Express. Okay. And let's talk about what what your personal mission is with the company, and then let's talk about what the company does. <coughs> okay. Well, my personal mission with the company, um, the parent company of Tangible Express, is U.S. Reliant. And U.S. Reliance mission is to repatriate manufacturing. Um, something happened, you know, about the 19 late 70s, early 80s, when when this country said, "Hey, let's let's not own any assets. Let's outsource production. Let's outsource everything." And so we started a big outsource kick, and and we lost track of, hey, you know, asset ownership is actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to have control over the means of production. Um, if you don't, you know, just just think about if if you had to to um, well, anything that you outsource, you lo- you lose you lose access to that particular asset, and because you don't have access to that asset, you can't develop and innovate around that asset. Right, and especially and a, a, yeah. A, a, good, a good example is injection molding. You know, we used to do a lot of injection molding in this country, and then we said, hey, let's outsource it to Japan. And so we went from eight companies, eight or nine companies in the United States that made injection molding machines mm-hmm. to one. We, there's only one, one survivor. Well, where are the rest of the injection molding com- machine companies? They're in Japan, South Korea, and China. Why, why did the injection molding machine companies or manufacturers move to Japan, South Korea, and China? Because that's where we outsourced injection molding to. Right. Right. And you, we and so set now, a precedence <coughs> for that, a cost precedence right. as well as a, a signature pre- precedence. And, and now all the expertise associated with that has also moved to Japan, South Korea, and China. And so we don't have any injection molding expertise in this country anymore. And it's getting worse than that. We're we're losing our our creative talent as well. Um, China right now is chomping at the bit to do something called ODM, Original Design Manufacturing. Actually, it's already happening. Mm-hmm. Where where we're losing we're losing all the pre-production business so so you know it used to be that china would just take hey you know what you want two million of these parts okay we'll we'll make make those injection molded two million parts now they're going to companies and they're saying hey we're going to design a product for you and then we'll and then if you like the product then you promise to give us the contract original design manufacturing right which takes and away that's happening a lot a lot with cell phones and stuff right mm-hmm. now well they're and trying so i'm sitting in I'm sitting in China three weeks ago and or four weeks ago, and and they're they're telling me I'm across the table from in, in these injection molding companies and these battery companies, and they're saying, hey, basically America is just a bunch of people who know how to sell and market stuff, and that's that's a pretty sad right sad sad line of what, of, what, of, of what America has perceived to become. You know, we used to be, we used to be perceived as a very creative creative country and and um and now now you know if you take away the pre-production creativity and you ship that overseas then, then what do we have left well we have retail clerks uh sales and marketing attorneys and government and some bad doctors. That's, that's not what that's not what i want this country to to be made of no absolutely right? plus you're giving away we need to take a commercial break in a quick moment david but 
you know, you're also giving away, unless the laws have changed, and I didn't realize that when you send over something that, that you've developed overseas, mm-hmm. you've now lost the integrity of your ownership for that product. Right. And that's very scary, right. especially if something you have is unique, which I think we all have a, a unique proposition in, in, a, in a product. So let's take a quick break and uh, let's talk more about, uh, especially in this, in this very patriotic time of year, how, um, how David is making money and being patriotic and uh, really making sure that uh, the lives of people in the United States are, are um, filled with jobs and fortitude. We'll be right back with David McGinnis. Sit tight and don't move. Rainmaker. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, what are you reading? Revenue Magazine. It keeps me up to date on everything in performance marketing. Yeah, I get all my information online. <laughs> I don't see a computer next to your boogie board there. Well, I've got a regular magazine here. <laughs> Revenue Magazine is the only hard copy magazine that covers affiliate marketing techniques, search technologies, online fraud prevention, and interactive advertising, branding, and marketing. My magazine's got pictures. Revenue Magazine has everything for online marketers, affiliates, merchants, agencies, and networks. And you can read previous issues, blogs, and more at RevenueToday.com. Uh, Mine's got a centerfold. Revenue Magazine, the performance marketing standard. For more information, go to RevenueToday.com. Don't get bullied by the big guys. LookSmart is your budget-friendly online advertising alternative, offering businesses of all sizes affordable, targeted, pay-per-click advertising. And whenever you need help, whether you're just getting started or a seasoned vet, LookSmart offers accessible customer support for all advertisers, no matter the size. We call it pay-per-click power to the people, and it's only available here at LookSmart. Log on to ppcpowertothepeople.com and join the revolution today. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. More than a name. Become a Webmaster Radio VIP member and enjoy access to all the newest and coolest features on the WebmasterRadio.fm website. With our VIP membership, you'll be able to search thousands of our podcasts by keyword with our power search feature, all the way down to the episode level, and search through thousands of transcripts. For less than 99 cents a day, less than the cost of what you spend on cigarettes, you'll have access to a wealth of valuable information. You don't need cigarettes anyway, because WebmasterRadio.fm is smoking. Smoking. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.
now back to Rainmaker, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host. Welcome back, everyone, to this Thursday, November the 15th edition of Rainmaker. My name is Darren Babin of webmasterradio.fm, joined by my beautiful wife and co-host, Brandy Shapiro-Babin. And uh, I'd like to welcome everybody back. And, of course... I'm being heckled, by the way. I don't know if you knew this. Um, you, you are. Know, yeah, some of the guys out there, I, I stepped out of the studio for a minute so I could grab my iPhone and uh, take a couple of pictures of you and post them to Flickr while we Ew, were doing this. Ew, that's hideous. I'm not <laughs> wearing makeup. Don't do that. So, so for those of you in the chat room, if no, you guys no, are no. wondering do not go what there. beautiful Brandy looks like. No, 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 no. Do not. Go it's over a, to the bio already, page. It's already in the chat that's room. That's gross. It's already on Flickr and it's already posted. That's so, hideous. Um, run on over there. You oh see God, Brandy in her headphones. Someone photoshopped me. <laughs> You know what's funny is I'm actually. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. that's not even funny. Oh, it's funny. Oh, it's hideous. On. But we have more importantly, um, do not look at photos of me, please. We have a very I, I, talkative, a very loquacious, very I, passionate. We don't usually. David's not that talkative. And <laughs> can I say, David? Really, earlier something that you, that struck a chord, um, and I think that this is not just a chord that that um, you know is ringing true. Wait, excuse me for one second. We have to announce who our guest is for uh, people who are just tuning in now. Well, folks, folks, <laughs> thank you, of course, for those just t- tuning in. David McGinnis, formerly the man at the helm of Pierre Webb, of course, the founder thereof. And now bringing back patriotism and the economy to the United States of America. Okay, there, there we go. We had to tone her back just a little bit. Um, <laughs> you, you know, David, I, I, <laughs> they were heckling me. Out, out. Some of the guys were, were heckling me going, God, Darren, you've really definitely been flat on your back when you're throwing the political commentary in, uh, <laughs> doing nothing but watching CNN and stuff. But, but uh, you know, uh, like this is a common thread, um, the discussion of outsourcing. You know, outsourcing our technology um, and what has America gained or lost from this? Um, you know, uh, are there as many engineering and math jobs as there used to have been? Um, you know, uh, questions like this. Um, you know, and you you obviously side with with not outsourcing, with keeping those jobs here. Um, is there? Darren, let, me, let me let me clarify. I'm yeah. I'm not a protectionist or I'm okay. not anti globalization. I just think that it's prudent for us as a country to keep a certain amount of this skill set on our shores, right? Now, how do you if, how do you do that? If, if if we have, for example, problem, you know, if China and the the Chinese Taiwan situation gets any more tense, and China says right. one day, hey, you know what, U.S., you either stop supporting Taiwan, or we're going to cut off your production. Sure. You know, we're held hostage. We'd be hosed, yeah, totally. we'd be hosed right? Yeah. And right. We, and so, for for purposes of national security, we've got to we've got to retain some talent here. Uh, this is why we don't outsource, we don't import 100% of our agricultural products, right? This is why the government subsidizes at ridiculous levels agriculture in the United States, mm-hmm. because we need to have the ability to produce our own food to feed our own people in case things get scary. Mm-hmm. And and I and but nobody's looked at manufacturing from that through that lens before, and I, and and I think that's the lens I'm I'm currently focused on is how how do we how do we retain some talent here that that understands manufacturing processes and how to build junk that we need. Absolutely. So and ta- and um, okay, let's talk you know, about you can't you can't, you can't go to Walmart right now and buy plates that don't have lead in them. I don't know if you 
if you realize that. I mean, there's yeah. there's le- there's and and the FDA has stipulated an acceptable amount of lead in a wow. in a in a dinner plate because oh my God. because China because China you know can't produce something without lead in it. So really. I did not. Right. I didn't. So there's I mean, all sorts of issues with with outsourcing. You know, you lose control of processes and and, and quality uh, what ends up in your product, right? My God, and and honestly, like maybe, and this is, I don't really know much about it, but in, in China, maybe you know people can tolerate lead a lot better than people can here. I I, I don't know about that. Know, I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to think <laughs> of you know, it depends upon well, like a, a nation's orientation to something. Here, here's 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 the it's all about balance, right? Mm-hmm. We don't need to produce four million parts of something in this country, right? Let the Chinese do that, or let the let outsource it to India. I don't care where you outsource the the four million parts, but what I want to say is, you know what? Let's be the country that actually develops and innovates and creates the parts, That's and then we figure out where to where to right where to, to supply do, it. To do the form to do the four million parts because you know what. Chinese people need jobs too. I'm 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 not anti-globalization, and I think nice. You know, there's there's ways to do it and, and inject some common sense into the process. You're saying create a balance, create a right. global balance, so that everyone create wins. a balance, create a balance, and create an environment here in the United States where if if things go to hell in a handbasket, we know how to. Take care of ourselves. Make a part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, David, China China's a big t- uh, topic of conversation these days. Uh, how, how are you finding the experience from a business standpoint? China, China is hungry for growth, and China is going to actually... Um, I, think, I think you're going to see things start to flow from China to India. Um, we've already seen it in, in third sourcing, where China will win a contract and then lose it to... A, an injection molding company in India. If you look at injection molding, it went from, um, and I'm using injection molding as an example mm-hmm. because that's where my head's, my head's been mm-hmm. in the last six months. But injection molding went to, you know, Japan, and they were injection molding before they were electronics, right? Japan, South Korea, China, next stop, India. And you're seeing actually companies that are that are doing something called third sourcing actually going to, you know, getting a quote in India, uh, China, and then actually third sourcing that, same project to India and and so China wants to get into this original design manufacturing and value add you know to to retain those larger contracts in China and so it kind of squeezes it kind of puts a squeeze on that that area that I think is the holy grail and that's the the creativity the invention innovation creativity mm-hmm. and pre pre-production of of consumer goods of military goods anything Right, that we might need. So, yeah, no, I think that's so very important. And let's let's talk about um, your piece of the pie here, the American pie. So what I what I did is I I got into um, rapid ma- rapid manufacturing and rapid prototyping, and it's some pretty expensive equipment, you know, million dollar machines. And I made a I made a, a substantial investment into the equipment, and I'm thinking. So then I go and I see all the other to a trade show, and it just dawns on me, hey, you know what? Why isn't why is it that American companies don't own these assets? You know, and and couple couple reasons come to mind. Come to mind, but the the biggest reason is somewhere along the line we said, hey, you know what? Owning asset ownership isn't 
isn't a good idea we can, when we can just outsource. And I think that that was the fallacy of the last century that outsourcing is a good idea. I think I think there's tangible benefits to be had if you have a manufacturing asset on your premises. You can do things with that asset. You can innovate with that asset. You can create uh, tertiary processes around that asset that you can't do if you don't own it. Right. Absolutely. Right? I can't say. I can't say. Hey, is this part manufacturable? Can I create this part through injection molding processes if I can't make a tool and put it on, hang it on a machine, and injection mold it and try it out? Right. For absolutely. Example. Absolutely. Okay. So, so so what we got into was we got into direct digital manufacturing where where somebody sends us a 3D model from a CAD software, we plug that into the computer, and the computer builds this kind of like the Star Trek port replicator, but it builds it one four thousandth of an inch at a time with lasers. Wow. And the way that works is, is really interesting high-tech stuff. Is You have a vat of a couple hundred gallons of photopolymer resin, and this platform sits in this resin, and a laser, a UV laser, cures one four thousandth of an inch of the resin. The platform drops one four thousandth of an inch, and it cures the next level. And so, you know, in in less than a day, you could you could have a fully functional part. So, if you were to give me a three dimensional drawing or or model of uh, a drawing of of an egg beater, for example, mm-hmm. I could print that egg beater using this process and then give you an egg beater and you could go beat eggs with it. And I could do that, you know, get you a prototype in in less than a day. Now, there's also applications where it's, you know, hey, it's not just prototyping, it's actually direct digital manufacturing. And a lot of um, companies, in particular aerospace and, and uh, military applications, um, use this direct digital manufacturing to create parts that are actually end-use parts. And they don't even this, they they get around having to make a very expensive tool for something they only need a hundred parts a month for, right? So, so say there's a huge monetary savings. You know, the 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 part might cost, you know, a couple dollars if we're injection molded. Well, you know, it'll cost thirty dollars with our process, but you don't have to spend five hundred thousand dollars on a on an expensive. Uh, tool for injection molding. Well, and I'm sure, too, time to market is also a lot quicker with you. That's right. Right? Because things aren't getting cut up. Yeah. And this technology has been proven. I mean, they're using direct digital manufactured parts on the space station, for example. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, And there's no... Yeah. And Boeing Boeing and other airlines are using these direct direct digital manufactured parts in their in their aircraft. So now, now David, it really is it really is a cool technology, and and this is just our launching point. You know, this is this is what we picked as our as our as our point of entry into this whole repatriation of manufacturing. And we created a a fractional ownership model. So so one of the barriers, you know, might be, hey, I don't have a I don't have a million dollars to buy a whole machine. Well, with our program, you know, you can buy access to a machine, you can, kind of like timeshare, where you own, you know, one twenty-eighth of that machine, and then, and then you you produce on your fractional ownership of that machine. And so it's a whole different model. But getting people to rethink how they're going about their manufacturing process and to inject some common sense and some no pun intended, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> common sense and financial fiscal responsibility mm-hmm. in the process. D- David, it almost sounds like you should pick up the phone and make a call over to Boeing. 
because from what I from what I hear, they've been outsourcing their technology for the new Dreamliner, and they're over six months overdue because right. they've outsourced most of those most of the parts, just like what but you're so, talking right now. So we we actually hired the guy that set up the the requirements for Boeing mm-hmm. uh, for and, and their and their direct digital manufacturing. He's working for us now and. And that's definitely a direction that we're going. But there's so many other applications sure. for this sure. technology, and and um, so we're excited about it. Nice. It's, it's awesome. So um, very quickly, let's go over. I mean, for people who are listening who do have products to manufacture, now you have control. You don't have to worry about it going right. through customs. It gives you a lot more flexibility in the amount of of parts that you're ordering where before you were you know you had to do this en masse you can feel good because you're keeping the creative integrity of your product as well as the creative talent stateside which is so very important um wow david so how do people find you nowadays well i'd send them to my website if i wasn't so embarrassed by it okay Um, for for somebody who came from you know an seo kind of website background. I've got a really crappy website, but it's tangibleexpress.com. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know what we should do? Let's invite you back for a part two so we can delve deeper into this, because I think this is so important. Besides, I never get to talk to you you know, often enough. Indeed. So we're going to hold your feet to the fire and do a part two with David McGinnis. Nice. David, thanks thanks for uh, thanks for... Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for being here tonight, man. It's been a while. Yep. (laughs) We're very, we're very proud of our David McGinnis and glad that he's uh, mended and well. Absolutely. No more camel eating for you, David. No more camel, buddy. No more camel toe. Got it. No more. <laughs> oh, you said it. I didn't say that on here. <laughs> All right, man. All uh, right. We love you, David. Folks, David okay. McGinnis. Take it easy, buddy. God, you know, just when you think. Oh, I, you wow. You know, he just made me blush. Wow. He said it, too. I'm not going to repeat what yeah, he said. Yeah, I know. I know. If For those of you listening, maybe you caught it. If you didn't, well... <laughs> So bad, so sad. That was actually very funny. It was humorous. It was humorous. It was humorous. Because David's like one of those polite people oh who never God. swears. Yeah. When he, he well, comes out with these doozies. Just, just kind of leveled a landmine there. He did. So um, what a what a night. What a night. A oh lot, of, night. lot of interesting topics that, uh, you know, of course, have been floating around in my head for, for a few days, inadvertently, <laughs> by virtue <laughs> of what's been going on in the world news. <laughs> oh, no, totally. Yeah, oh. we didn't even... Oh, you, you and I haven't even weighed in on that whole... Um, God, what's his name? You know, uh, Clinton, well, M- McCain thing. Well, with the, Darren and I have totally different opinions. With, with the YouTube video, yeah. Because honestly, I, I do. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, you know, McCain made, and this is this is uh, this is up for debate whether or not it was a scheduled stop or an unscheduled stop. Two two afternoons ago in Hilton Head, and I believe it was a scheduled um, stop. And, and um, you know, basically, he walked in, and from from you know all all reports, the the patrons in the restaurant turned it into a de facto town hall meeting. And, um, you know, some woman stood up in the audience and said, you know, how are we going to beat the bitch? Referring to Hillary Clinton. And, um, you know, Senator McCain, you know, uh, he snickers, he laughs with it. And, and, um, you know, some gentleman in the crowd says, you know, oh, I thought she was referring to my wife. uh, Where Senator McCain at that point grabs his face, you know, um, and he then follows up and he says he has every respect Mm -hmm. for Senator Clinton uh, and he has every respect for anyone who got the Democratic, you know, nomination. Um, and 
I, I'm a, I'm of the I'm of the opinion. This was brought to light by Rick Sanchez and, and CNN and, and splashed it all in like the first six minutes of of, of their of his primetime show, uh, formerly of Florida, two, two nights ago, and um, just Rick got lambasted yesterday. You know, um, you know, McCain's people were all over him. It, it caused a big, nasty, stinking stir. And and, and to be fair, to be yeah. fair, CNN broke a story just just not you know three or four days ago that that showed Hillary Clinton's staff planting a question, you know, in uh, in the audience for someone to ask Hillary. So the you know the McCain was accusing CNN of being biased, but at the same time they broke this story on Hillary. I, I think they're just you know going after blood, but but I do believe that that McCain should have taken a high road, and should have uh, should have admonished the patron because you know you you said this you're standing in a room these days, you you can't be certain that you're not being videoed. There's cell phones. There's right. little mini cams. Right. You know, just because there's not a television news camera in the room doesn't mean it's not going to end up on YouTube just like it did. Right, absolutely. And I said that to you. First of all, as a candidate, you got to be on guard all the time because there is no such thing as privacy. And from a public relations standpoint, you've got all these citizen journalists out there and boom, you know, like, you know, YouTube, boom, you're out there in a heartbeat. Boom, Webmaster Radio, you're out there in a heartbeat. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of flip-flop back and forth with my opinion um, between... Um, are you typing or are you listening to me? Now? I'm doing both. Okay. You're so multi-talented. You're so multifaceted, talented. I know. Is part of me <laughs> says, you know, you need someone who can have a poker face, um, who can play anything, especially when it comes to international politics. So it would have been better had he sort of kept the poker face and just re- replied and, and made that. But you know what? Like, it was a funny comment. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't really have an opinion per se on Hillary Clinton one way or the other. He reacted as a human being, and then he said the right thing. And it was funny. Ah, I thought you were talking about my wife. Ha, ha, ha. He's supposed to be a, a man amongst the people. That's like a very, I think, realistic way to react. And he was, and he, and he did do. And but don't he did, you think we, have, we need our presidents to hold a higher standard? You know what? But guess what? We have no decorum. We have no decency. But, 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 there is but shouldn't no, that start with our leadership? Start? Absolutely. But you know where it should start first and foremost? I had the chat room oh. saying they would have laughed. You know, like, yeah, I think it's a human reaction to laugh at something like that. I think he did make a, I think he did make a good point. Um, I think it's disgusting. You know, I think it's funny. Rick, Rick Sanchez is going, the B word, the B word. I'm going, hello. Just say it. ABC says bitch and all of their, you know, all, all of the, the, the you know. Well, fil- their interviewees, they were saying the word bitch, but but their their Chiron said the rhymes B-word. with witch. Right. I was like, like you've you know. got to be kidding me. You're going right. to run this story. It's going to be, you know, at the top of the hour and it's just. Asinine. Well, no, but he kept saying the B word too, and I get it. You know, it all it all ties back, and and this is the part that's crazy. It all ties back to that whole Imus thing with the hose and the, you know, like right. You know, people are going to call each other names, and, and it's like Hillary Clinton. I think her her retort basically was sticks and stones. Guess well, what? The, yeah, kid? there was there was no response. It's for, a from the, it's a it's a mud slinging, you know. Pr- Oh my God! Did someone just fall somewhere. <laughs> I have that <was> no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think Eddie. Yeah. The cool. I don't know. But I hope he's okay. Yeah. Um, you, you know, um, it, it's mudslinging. It, it's an election. People don't play nice, and I, they should play nice. And I really wish that the media was the unbiased um, entity that they're meant to be, but the media isn't the unbiased media entity and there is no you know we look back and and I've said this before and then we'll wrap up and I have you know when you go back to the Kennedy years people looked at it as Camelot and they thought wow you know here's this beautiful family and this beautiful husband and wife and yada 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 and the and the, the media knew 
They knew that Kennedy was the biggest whoremonger. They knew that he was in business with the mafia, with Sam Giancana. He, you know, they knew that he was screwing Marilyn Monroe. They knew all of this. But what they chose to do is keep their trap shut and present to the American public a very pristine image, which allowed people to hopefully pull themselves up to a higher level because they believed that they could be hopefully just as good as the first couple. And it's a very sad thing in our country that all of, like, the, that, that whole thing with... You know the the cigar. What, what's her face? <laughs> Monica, Monica Lewinsky. Like we should never have known about that. Like we just, you know, in my opinion, we shouldn't have known about that because it makes us look foolish abroad, and it makes us lose confidence in a leader who actually brought a lot of good to this country. But what do we focus on? We focus on a cigar and, and a stain a, and, on a dress. And of course, can I tell you now? It brings to light a good question: If Hillary makes the White House, does that make Bill Clinton the first lady? Yes, it does. He's going to have to know. shave his legs. <laughs> Folks, uh, coming up in just an hour, uh, if, if any of this interests you, head on over to CNN. Wolf Blitzer's hosting the Democratic National Debates tonight, live from the Cox Pavilion Center at the University of Las Vegas. And uh, I, I know I'm going home to watch because... We are? Yeah, I'm, go- oh, I'm going home to watch. God. Can't we just like, really watch the retail recap? Nah, well, I you go. can go ahead and think of more than one TV. I, I, I want to go watch. I'm watching like Law & Order. Well, because I, I'm going to do a That's a Wrap tomorrow, I think. And, uh, you know, I'm going to incite a little political uh, riot, you know. Woohoo! Yeah, a little raucous there. So, folks, uh, I want to thank you for tuning in tonight. Uh, you know, it's been our Be first... Be a good patriot just like Darren and David. That's right. Make sure, uh, make sure you pay attention to what's going on. Be informed. Of course, uh, get out there tonight. and Respect uh, and responsibility. Educate yourself. Remember, give back. Give to yourself. Give to your community. Give back to God, as David said. Great, great, great mottos tonight. I mean, David yeah. is just, uh, it's just, just uh, a good way to live life. Yeah, he is. And you know what? It shows because, you know, he's had some personal tragedies, but he's also had so many blessings, and that's... Because he is a blessing. Indeed. Indeed. Oh, God, I just said that on ear and on tape. Oh, I know. Oh, you're no. Stuck, you're stuck. You're stuck. I know. Oh, and a special hello, because I know he listens, and let's see if he pays, plays, blah, blah. Uh, if he listens all the way to the end, a special hello to Sean Chaney. Sean Chaney, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for tuning in tonight, man. <laughs> and for everyone listening tonight, we want to thank you for tuning in and remind you that you, you find your favorite programming right here pertaining to nothing but how to make yourself the best that you can be right here on the web only on webmasterradio.fm folks we'll see you next week